um, going into the draft process, not getting picked up at all, you know, just kind of reaffirming, just like, man, like, am I good enough? Like, should I just stop? But um, yeah, you've been with me through it all, and she's been my rock, been supporting me, been picking me up when I thought maybe I should stop, but you know, she's been nervous up the way. During this time, wh when does the content come in as like a serious part of what you guys are doing? We casually made YouTube videos in college, and it was very fun, and don't go back and watch them. those. I think I remember like, <laughs> in, in They can't watch them, they delete them. They deleted them. They deleted them. Oh yeah. Um, but we started TikTok in 2020, very casually. Didn't think it was gonna go anywhere, honestly. I think within like the first six months is when we started gaining followers and making a profit off of it. And I think by a year is when it became like business for us, like actually profitable. Put into perspective like why we're here too, because we're, we are an NFL couple at the end of the day. And if I'm not in NFL doing my job, like it changes the perspective of what we actually do. Because when I'm out of the NFL, we don't want to be known as an ex-NFL couple. We want to be known as a couple, so. NFL is his day job, and then at night, TikTok. Yeah. What, what am I, a vampire or like, <laughs> It's your part-time game. Right, it's my part-time What's up, guys? Welcome into the Next Up Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Brenneman. We got a special, special episode for you today. I'm interviewing a good friend of mine from college, now plays in the NFL, Jawan Johnson and his wife, Shannon Johnson. They are both now social media influencers, millions of followers, really become celebrities uh, in, in the world of football, TikTok, uh, social media. They're extremely well-known and have a great story about um, overcoming adversity, about growing together, about Jawan's career on and off the field. He almost quit when he was at Penn State, transfers Oregon, and becomes an NFL tight end, just signed a, his second deal in the NFL for a hefty amount of money. So extremely happy for him. This podcast was shot as a live show in front of uh, the living sports students at UNLV's campus here in Vegas at the Super Bowl. So we had a, an audience for it, got some great questions from the students after. Uh, so shout out living sports, shout out Vaynersports, Sports, uh, Jawan's agency for supply, uh, giving us him and his wife to, to shoot the podcast with. And shout out UNLV for giving us a great facility on campus to shoot this at. So without further ado, let's go talk to Jawan and his wife, Shannon. All right, big news. We dropped our merch at Mercury, the college sports company. We have college football tees, college basketball tees, the perfect gift for anyone in your life and perfect for you. I wear them all the time, whether it's on podcasts, whether it's working out. I love the college football tee. So click on the link in the description or go to shop.teammercury.io. That's shop.teammercury.io and use my code ADAMB15 for 15% off your purchase. Code ADAMB for 15% off your purchase. And guys, you buying our merch supports me, supports our company, and allows me to go around and have the best guests on our podcast. So get some of the best merch you can get in college sports. College football, college basketball. We have tees for our podcast. We have hats. We have sweatshirts. Everything you could possibly want. Shop.teammercury.io. Code Adam B for 15% off your purchase. I feel like I'm on a TED Talk. I think I need this at home. <laughs> yeah. you, better, you better give us some knowledge yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, no this doubt. Is, this, is, this is pretty formal. No doubt. I like uh, well, yeah, I, I uh, just gave them the rundown. We'll do, you know, about... 30 minutes to an hour informal podcast. Jawan's yeah. been on my podcast before, so he, he, know, yeah. he knows what he's getting into, yeah, but yeah. have not done the couple together, so I'm excited for this. Um, my first question for Jawan is, how does it feel to have a wife that's more famous than you? Uh, <laughs> why y'all laughing? <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, the, the one thing, like, it's not about me. I mean, it's obviously a couple 
thing, but um, you know, whenever she gets stopped in public and even in Vegas, you know, everybody are like, "Oh, can I get a picture with you?" And I'm just sitting there like, I'm "I can take it. <laughs> like, I can take it." But um, it's fun. It, it's definitely fun to have a wife that's more popular than me. Yeah. Is it cool for you too? I mean, it's got to be like when your husband who plays in the NFL is taking pictures of you with fans. <laughs> it's got. It's got to be a cool moment. Yeah, it's cool. It's different because in 2020, when he started, you know, football, it was all about him. So, I mean, now it's nice, right? Because it's a little different now, but. Yeah, it used to be him. Now it's me, right? Right. Yeah. You're her plus one for the Super Bowl. I'm exactly. her plus one for the Super Bowl. She's the reason why I'm here right now. You're welcome. Yeah, thank well, you. Well, I, I want to start with um, when you guys met at Penn State. Uh, I mean, I was there with you at that time. I remember remember you guys being together at Penn State. Um, but, you know, during that time, it wasn't always easy, right? We were talking about backstage, the adversity, the ups and downs. Um, Let's start with the story of how you guys actually met at Penn State. We have different uh, opinions. Yeah, we have, oh, we have different versions. I'm glad we started here. <laughs> yeah, we'll go ahead. You can go, ladies first. Okay, I'm going to tell the truth. Great. So we both went to a mutual Bible study where we knew of each other but had never met each other at all. Right. I also thought she was rude. I thought it was rude. Yeah. She had, she had, if anybody knows that RBF, she had that, she had that real RBF. But it doesn't so. mean. Yeah. At least I talk. Yeah, right. You. Right. Um, but he didn't talk. He was always quiet. Yeah, he always has been quiet. Um, but anyway, then we had a mutual friend's birthday party, Bella J. Do you remember Bella yeah. J? Oh yeah. It was her birthday party. We met, and yeah, that's where that's where it started. Yeah, I just she was across the room like like a Chris Brown song. And I go and sl- sliding over there, trying to fit my best game. I'm going to finish the story since you want to finish that. Yeah, and then um, I invited her to a bar. You know, as a football player, you get into bars like, you know, just cut the front of the line. And so I invited her in. I turned around. She wasn't even there no more. So she left. I kind of got the ick. So I was like, I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. And so um, next morning, I shot my shot again. And um, yeah, it went in. So it worked. That's, that's how it happened for me. Can then. you give us the pickup line? What was the line that you used? I honestly don't know. I was trying to say everything to, to, to get her. I was trying. I was like, dang, this is probably going to be my only chance. So I tried everything to, to try to pull my move. So then, you know, you guys meet at Penn State. And as mm-hmm. I just said, the ups and downs of, of your career at Penn State. You know, yeah. all, the, all the hype in the world doesn't always go well. We know how it is, man. Right. It happens to everybody in your right. career. You, you, sometimes it doesn't always, your plan you have for yourself is different than the plan of how it right. actually plays out. Right. Tell me about how you guys supported each other during that time when you ended up transferring to Oregon. I remember yeah. you telling me, you know, the thoughts of maybe quitting football. Yeah. Is this, are, is this yeah. what you want to do? Yeah. And how she was there for you throughout. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's, she's been my rock through, through it all, honestly. You know, she's been, um, even at Penn State where I had a terrible year and um, I was wanting to quit. I was wanting to quit everything and be like, yeah, I'm just done. I was so ready for that. I was like, quit. No more stress for me. Right. So, um, yeah. um, Yeah, I left, went to a different school. And during that process, I was thinking about just maybe being done in general. Ooh, lights off. Kill school. We're getting real intimate. I'm on that, right. (laughs) Right. Um, But, yeah, just just wanting to just stop it all. And then um, going into the draft process, not getting picked up at all, you know, just kind of reaffirming, just like, man, like, am I good enough? Like, should I just stop? But, um, yeah, you've been with me through it all, and she's been my rock, been supporting me, been picking me up when I thought maybe I should stop. But, you know, she's been every step of the way. How did you decide where you were going to transfer to during that time? That was, again, was, was the portal going on then? Was that before yeah, the portal? Or was yeah, before? like we were talking about it backstage. Yeah. I feel like a, a, trans, a transfer trailblazer. So I feel like a, yeah, a trailblazer. The first, ones. <laughs> the first one, the first ones. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, so how I decided, I keep, I usually keep my, my decisions pretty quick. Um, when I decided to go to Penn State, it was really like, who was most loyal? And I thought Penn State was really loyal. And I committed my junior year, like probably the first year I was a junior. And uh, I committed and I didn't do anything else. Um, and then at Penn State, well, at Oregon, um, I was like, all right, well, who's the first one to hit me up? Oregon was the first one to hit me up. So then I just stuck with that. So I just kept it really simple. Yeah. Did you go to Eugene with him? When you transferred? No. So I was living in California at the time because I graduated a year That's before right, him. That's right, yeah. So... Got a, got a cougar. You know, <laughs> LOL. Um, <laughs> but I was in California, so for me, the transfer was the best thing that could have yeah. ever happened to me because I went, yes, I can finally go see him because I was not going to go to Penn State all the time because that was the longest flight ever. So it was literally like a 45-minute flight to Eugene. Yeah. So I went every weekend, like every single weekend. So... Commitment there. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it worked out well. Both been on the West Coast. Did you like Eugene? Did you guys, you guys like it? It's a inter- I was just there. I was telling them I was there with Dan Lanning doing an interview. It's an interesting place. Yeah, nice facilities. It, well, shoot, you know, everything, everything there is, is is great. Like the facilities are great, very futuristic. Like you're in a, like Star Trek or whatever. But you know, when you're at, you know, outside of that, it's just very earthy. Like, yeah. people walking outside with bare feet and just, you know, everything's vegan, everything is the green. The good. They have the Hawaiian food out there that's oh, really yeah. amazing. We miss it so much. Yeah, the Hawaiian food's great. Yeah. What, when did you feel like things started to click at Oregon for you? Was there a moment where, you know, again, you're going through thinking just a, a year before that you don't even know if you want to do this anymore. And uh, what, what was there a moment where you're like, man, like, I'm built for this. I still got it. I'm still, yeah. I can still do this at a high level. Yeah. Um, you know, j- just, just put this in perspective for you guys. Imagine you guys aren't doing well at a certain job. You leave that job and you go to this job thinking you're about to get a better opportunity. And then you end up, you know, transferring the same work habits. Like you're still doing bad. I'm just like, dang, like I just can't seem to figure it out. And that's how I was at Oregon at first. Like I went to a new school and then I was hurt. So I was hurt that first four, the first four weeks. And I was like, dang, like, that's not why I came here. I didn't come here just to sit here and, you know, like certain coaches just like, well, man, you might as well be a GA. And I'm like, (laughs) in my head, I'm like, man, like, this is not why I came to Oregon to sit around and just be like an old head here. And so, um, you know, I I got out of my head a little bit. And obviously, Shan helped me out a ton because it was just like, man, I'm really battling a lot mentally, physically. And um, certain just something just clicked. Like I had a calf strain, and I was just like, you know, I'm just gonna let it go. And I prayed, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna let it go. And then I just started running. Like I didn't run the day before. Like I, I was limping the day before. The next day I was running, and I was like, bro, that is so crazy. crazy. That is so crazy. And like for you guys, just like just stay with it and just let things go. And when you let things go, and and give things over, like you're able to just be free, play free, do your work free. And that's exactly what happened. I was able to just do the things I was able to do because I was healed. So. You remember seeing it click for him when he was at Oregon at some point when you were like, you know, it's, it's, he, he's back. <laughs> he's back feeling yeah. like himself. There was definitely an era where Juwan was really in his head. Yeah. I feel like he would call me and just have a list of things that were really stressing him out um, football-wise. Like just, yeah, in your head. That's that's the best way I can put it. But yeah, when he had that click, everything changed. And I saw it immediately, obviously. I think it's just like his demeanor. His demeanor changed so much. Like he was just confident again. So, so different. Yeah. Isn't confidence a crazy thing in sports, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and business and social media. If you don't have that confidence, that self-confidence deep down, it's hard to perform. 
No doubt. Um, if you don't have the confidence, then nobody else is gonna have the confidence in you. And that's and that's kind of like the biggest thing. Like I can't put confidence in you because at the end of the day, you're still gonna go home, and I'm not gonna live in your head rent free, and I'm not gonna be there with you and, and baby you and all this stuff. Like you have to figure out a way to motivate yourself. And um, yeah, that's that's really how I had to go with with support. What, what's the play at Oregon that you look back on as your as your favorite memory? Because you made some big plays there. Now. Yeah. Uh, my last play, because yeah. I was like, I'm done college. I did college for five years. I was I'm like, out of here. a week. Like, I was just so done with college. But definitely my last play for various reasons for it being my last play. But also, um, you know, I, I sealed the game. Like, I caught a I caught a pass for a first down and sealed the Rose Bowl game, and we won. And we all had a big party in the uh, in the locker room, and it was fun. And it, and that was a realization. Like, man, I'm done with college football. And so, yeah. But take me through then after you leave Oregon the. The, the draft process and yeah. uh, what were you hearing? Were you did you think you were going to get drafted? Yeah. What were you guys talking about? And then yeah. ultimately to not get drafted and be an yeah. undrafted free agent. Yeah. The pros and cons of that. Yeah, well, uh, COVID was a different scene. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm in the process of you know going through the draft process while COVID's still happening. So you're not doing you know your, your 30 visits. You're not going through all the the processes that normally happen. And so you're really just having like Zoom meetings. So now I'm seeing people on Zoom for the first time. I don't know how big they are, how tall they are. You're just getting a facade of them, really. And so, um, you know, I'm just talking to these guys. I'm like, man, like, how am I going to impress these guys as much as I get to get picked up? And um, it was tough. Like, Shannon was there. It was, it was tough, like, actually doing an interview with these guys. And I'm like, Shannon, like, I don't know how these interviews are going. Like, I, I'm trying, but at the end of the day, it's different when you're on Zoom rather than being in, in person with somebody. And then when did the time be, uh, come where you were going to transition to be a tight end and you were going to put on a bunch of weight? Was that during the draft process or was that after you got to New Orleans? Yeah, uh, so that was after. Um, so before there were some teams that were telling me that um, I was going to move to tight end just based off of you know my weight. And, um, Did you want to hear that? Or you were... Honestly, I was telling Shane, like, Shane, I want to move to tight end. Like, this is this <laughs> sounds like a... That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. I really want to help eat. him gain the weight. <laughs> I really want to eat. He's happy weight now, and they're yeah. like, that's where you're your best. Yeah. yeah. He gets to eat whatever he wants. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm a happier person when I get to eat. Period. Like, exactly. Like, who doesn't like eating? And I think, like, Shane, like, I, I would think I would thrive at this tight end position. And I, and I think I like the challenge. I think that was more so my thing. Like, receiver was kind of like a thing for me where I felt like it wasn't fitting for me. It just felt like in my gut that it wasn't for me. And uh, tight end was something that was unique to me. Yeah. So then what was the process of gaining the weight? Were you got, did you have a, a schedule where you were like, you know, what did you have to gain? 20, 30 pounds? Uh, well, you were was, pretty big already. Yeah, yeah. There was after one practice uh, when I was with the Saints and one of my coaches was like, look, if you gain two more pounds, we're moving you to tight end. <laughs> And I'm like, That's all right. So me and Shelly, we, we start eating that we night. <laughs> we start eating that night. But um, honestly, it was tough putting weight on. It was pretty tough. Um, as much as I ate, um, it was just hard for me to put on weight. It was yeah. tough. Yeah. How long did it take? Probably a year. Uh, well, they told me um, later on in the off season, the first time, and then the next off season, I put on like 20 pounds, and I was like. I went from like 235 to like 255 really quick. And I felt great. I felt strong. I felt great. Uh, Shannon really didn't know who I was, but I was eating. I was a freaking monster. He was an animal. He was going in. But I was here for it because I got yeah. to too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's better to do it together. So during this time, when does the content come in as like a serious part of what you guys are doing? Is that, are you in college when that started? We were just talking, you were making YouTube videos. When, when, did, when did that start? 
we casually made YouTube videos in college, and it was very fun. And don't go back and watch those. I think I remember like yeah. in, in, in they can't watch them. Don't they go watch them. They deleted, I deleted they the embarrassing ones. <laughs> oh yeah, um, but we started TikTok in 2020, um, very casually. Didn't think it was going to go anywhere, honestly. Um, I think within like the first six months is when we started gaining followers and making a profit off of it. And I think by a year is when it became like business for us, like actually profitable. Um, but yeah, 2020. What, when did, did you feel like anything changed when the followers started to grow? Like were people bringing it up in the locker room to you? Like, are you a TikToker or a football player? Which <laughs> um, it's, it's a mixed bag. I feel like at first during 2020, um, it, it's a time where people are just starting to come into social media and TikTok rather. And so um, people were just like, whoa, why are you doing TikTok? Will you be dancing all the time? Like, it is <laughs> not dancing. That's what it was in 2020. Everyone was dancing. But we weren't dancing. I danced. Yeah. We were not you dancing. You didn't dance at all? She, she wasn't dancing. <laughs> now he dances. She was moving. She wasn't dancing. <laughs> but um, no, but I, I think, um, you know, people were just like, well, what do you do? Like, how does it work? Like, do you guys make a profit off of it? I'm just like, yeah, yeah but I mean, it's not life changing right now. But yeah, we make a little something. But um, they were just like, all right, well, let me get it. Let me get into TikTok. I'm like, trust me, you do not want to get into TikTok. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, and then coaches started to get a little you know, eerie about it because they were worried about if I was focused or not. So um, it was a mixed TikTok. bag. It was a mixed bag. <laughs> just because of TikTok, they're worried about focus. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Now, but nowadays, everyone wants a podcast. Right. All the play. I, I was actually talking to someone the other day. Imagine if in college, I'm, I'm thinking, if I went to James Franklin and told him I wanted to start a podcast right. in 2015, right. he would have right. laughed me out of the room. Right. I would have gotten cut. Right. That's true. <laughs> you know? And now, That's true. They, all, they all do it. And, That's and true. it's changed completely. And I feel like you guys true. are at the cutting edge of that, right? That's true. We started in the best time, honestly. Yeah. 2020 was like when everyone jumped on the bandwagon. I think even now, I mean, obviously it's a great time because everyone's doing it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we started so early, it was really convenient for us. Yeah. Um, I don't know, everyone was on the app back then. Yeah. Throwback. Yeah. And nobody was doing anything. I mean, no, we people were just sitting at home just yeah. Yeah, I mean, totally at COVID, just not doing anything. So. You guys know I love football. And this football season, I've been trying to find a new way to bet on sports. I'm sick of using casinos, the traditional way to do it. And I found the best way to do it, had to tell you guys about it. It's on Cut. Cut is the game-changing social betting platform. Look no further. This is where you got to be. It's a peer-to-peer -peer betting playground. On Cut, you can bet against your friends, bet against fellow fans on sports, politics, pop culture, and much more. It's much better than just regular sports books. Cut handles payments, so no more chasing friends for money, no more talking to a bookie, hassle-free betting at its finest. And the best part, no more faceless casinos. It's personal and it's exciting. You can customize odds for what you want to bet on. Tailor your bets with fully customizable odds. It's your game in your rules on cut. Also, we get lower VIG on cut. Much lower VIG for a better betting experience for everybody, more winnings and less hassle. One of my favorite parts of cut is the social features. You can dive into group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head -head history and user profiles. It's like having a group of friends on a betting platform and betting against them if you want. Your betting experience just got a major upgrade when you use cut. I didn't even mention that the rewards that you get on the cut app. You get cash back every time you bet against your friends. The more you bet, the more you earn. It is a win-win for everyone. Cut is legal in 40 plus states, which I love because I'm traveling so much, it's hard to find sports books that are legal in most states. 40 plus states for cut, including those without traditional sports books. So put your money where your mouth is. It's time to fire on sports on the best new app. I've been looking for a long time and I found it. It's on cut. Use my promo code Adam B and get a 10% deposit match at cut.com. That's cut.com, K-U-T-T.com. Use my code Adam B for a 10% deposit match when you deposit money. Again, cut.com, K-U-T-T, get a 10% deposit match when you use my code Adam B. And guys, supporting our sponsors helps us 
us so much. Helps me personally be able to travel around the country and bring on amazing guests. So go support Cut today. Yeah, I have so many questions about the, the TikTok business. So I'm going to dive in before we get back to more of your career. So uh, take me through the operation now around you, the, the business you have with social media. Like the team members you have part of it. Is it just you two? Do you have, you know, I, um, AJ Vaynerchuk's here, your agent from Vayner Sports, yeah. who's awesome. So like take me through the operation in between. Because now you got tons of followers and there's, I'm sure, inbound brands all the time. What's that look like? Yeah, it's good. So we have a team. Um, yeah, so AJ uh, helps us. We also have our, uh, our, our manager, uh, Haley Cohen. So we, we, we work with her a lot and she's been... Uh, great. I mean, honestly, like I am very bad at one texting back, responding. Oh, I texted oh. you when we scheduled this podcast. I, I got no response. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Now you know what it's like to live my life. So it's just like for me, like she she keeps me on track, and I think it's great because Shannon is also really good with responding and stuff like that. So, in terms of like the off the field stuff, they do really well with that, and that's something that uh, that keeps me on. They keep me. Uh, they keep me in line, uh, even though when I don't know what's going on. But honestly, when it's time to do what we need to do, um, it's our business. Yeah. Who comes up with the content ideas day to day, week to week? Is that mostly? Is that mostly you? It's me. Yeah, I had a feeling. It's me. <laughs> I will say, I feel like now that John's done with season, he's more present in social media. Yeah. During season, he, if I need him in a video, he'll show his face, and that's yeah. kind of it. Like yeah. he doesn't really like. It is involved, but during this off season, like off season time, he's yeah. involved. He comes to me with ideas now, and it's so nice. And I'm like, oh, finally, I get some help. Right. Because <laughs> you also have to like put into perspective like why we're here too. Because we're we are an NFL couple yeah. at the end of the day. And if I'm not in NFL doing my job, like it changes the perspective of what we actually do. Because when I'm out of the NFL, we don't want to be known as an ex NFL couple. We want to be known as a couple. So NFL is his day job. And then at night, TikTok. Yeah. What, what am I, a vampire? <laughs> <Yeah. Like, laughs> it's your part-time game. Right, yeah. part-time. part-time. Yeah. Have you seen any trends in social media since you started? I mean, you know, right now with TikTok being prioritizing long-form content, like what have you seen uh, as you've evolved as creators? I feel like it's changed a lot. Yeah. It used to be very casual. I feel like people are very intentional now with TikTok. Lots of long-form, like storytelling. Mm-hmm is huge right now. I feel like sitting in front of the camera and just talking and being yourself is the best way to like share yourself with people and like actually connect with people and that's what works best. Um, if you're not doing that, I feel like it's hard to yeah. to go far right now. That's definitely the trend. Yeah, but it's so hard because it's like, because as you know, trends only last for like a week or two. You gotta like hop And you on. have to be on the trends so fast. And if you're late, they're just like, that was, Three weeks ago, Sorry, like, that, was, that was like, yeah. that, you're so late. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, you actually have to be active on it to know what's actually going yeah. on. What, what would you say is your content strategy when it comes to producing? Is it, you know, like, when I produce content, I always go through, like, just mass product, like, quantity, and, and, the, and the algorithm will dictate what's good. Right. And then some people go very, like, quality-focused, and we're only putting something out that we absolutely love and have conviction in. Where are you guys on that spectrum, and how do you approach it? I feel like for the most part, I like to put up stuff that I'm very into and I'm proud to put up yeah. because I feel like the quality is kind of a thing on TikTok right now. But if it's like trends or like trending sounds and things like that, I like to like throw those in there as well. Yeah. Um, but with our niche and everything, people want to know us. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe if we were like doing something different, it would be different. But with what we do, we, we like to talk and like... Yeah, I will say in the beginning, when we first started, it was all quality. 
Yeah. Like, I feel like just getting out there, like, anybody to see our face is good enough for us. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like after a while, it's just like, all right, like, now, since we have, like, a foundation, we have a base, like, let's put out, like, quality, mm-hmm. like, content so we can actually resonate with instead of just putting out stuff, just putting out stuff just so we yeah. can have our face We out didn't there. know our niche at first, so we would post anything. Like, I think the first video we ever put up was me making tacos. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what to do. It blew up? Right. No, it did uh, not nah, blow up, nah, unfortunately. Nah. Yeah. The first video that blew up for us was a video about him saying the perks of having a girlfriend during football season. Yeah. And people like loved the football couple thing. And this was yeah, a college football. video yeah. um, that we used to throw back from. So we were like, let's let's try that niche and right. see if we can talk about football life a little bit. What was the moment that the social media business became an actual business for you? Like, was it a certain amount of followers you crossed where, you know, you said you were making... Some teammates were like, you're making a profit a yeah. little bit. Where it yeah. went from like a little bit to like, oh, this is actually yeah. a real operation. Yeah. Now. I don't remember. I think it was like... A million followers? Yeah, maybe, yeah. it was maybe two years ago. And I remember we had um, a deal with um, some sort of TV, not TV show, it was a show that we were promoting. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, dang, should we make it, we're going to be making this much money from it? <laughs> And it was like, like it was like our rent, or whatever, it was like three thousand dollars. I was like, Shan, like this is a lot of money. It's a lot. Like this is crazy. I know, and we're then like, like yeah, we we're just like blown away. And so uh, I think from then, uh, it changed for us. Like this could actually be bigger than what we actually anticipated for it to be. How, how's it been for you, Shannon? In the whole, I feel like the NFL wife. Um, you know, whatever I call it, the, the content around it, the kind of, it's like a click on social media, uh, the, a lot of the content creators in that world. How's it been for you to be part of that? Have you made a lot of friends, other NFL wives? And, and I feel like that for your content, that's what you said, that's part of what it is. That's part of the niche is that people want to see what it's like to be an NFL wife. Yeah, no, it's cool. We definitely have friends in the football world that do it too. It's really cool. Um, it's a small world. There's really not a lot of us that do this. Yeah. Um, Obviously, like during football season, like there'll be girlfriends that post stuff, and I'm like, we need more. But yeah, no, I definitely feel like I was definitely the beginning of that. Like there wasn't really any others that were doing it at the time, so it's it's been fun. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Have you seen your profile rise from with football fans and on the football side of it because of the social media? Yeah, one hundred percent. People recognize you more from TikTok. One hundred percent. Like <laughs> nobody knows I even. Well, they know I play football. They know nothing about football. They like my wife. Like, they didn't know anything about football. Um, so when they see me, they're just like, "Oh yeah, you're uh, Shannon Johnson's husband." I'm like, "Hold on, I got my own identity now." But um, yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty interesting just to know that like I have more of an outreach other than you know yeah. just me being in a helmet. Yeah. How have you had to, now as your career, we talked about balancing it at first, right? But now as your career has evolved and you just signed a new deal with the Saints and it's become more and more, uh, you become a more established football player, right? And now with a bigger identity, way bigger than it was uh, a few years ago. Uh, how have you had to balance that in the NFL now as you become a veteran that's also, you know, has millions of followers on social media? Um, you have to have a healthy balance. Um, the, the way I try to put it is that um, I have... My job in the NFL is my job in the NFL and home, home and um, work on TikTok or social media, be working TikTok on social media. Like I try to have all the things separate. Like I try not to intertwine them. That's the one thing I like We're we try to do. That. It's very hard when like yeah. social media is yeah. your job. It's like you want to pull out the phone all the time and like share it. Yeah. And it's like, when do you put the phone down and not do that? Yeah. 
He's way better at that than I am. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Do you have a lot of conversations or instances where you maybe create a piece of content and then you're like, ah, I don't want to put that out? Like, has that ever happened? One thousand percent. Yeah. One thousand. Yeah. Is it mostly you saying you don't want to put it out? It's it's a it's it's really you actually. Really? It's yeah. really. She's yeah. like. Is our address in the background? And oh I'm my gosh, like, I'm always scared of like all the little things. I'm like, right. okay, one time I leaked. Oh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't say this. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a few things that have been leaked in the past, and and we've had to go leaps and bounds to like yeah. make sure yeah. Yeah. that our information is not out there. Yeah, yeah. You've also made the decision to you've gotten very personal on social media about about a lot of things in your lot in your life, which has been really, you know, it's been enlightening to see you guys open up about the challenges and your marriage and all that kind of stuff and what did you make that decision to I guess how did the decision come to be made that you were going to talk about that kind of stuff and open up the open up the curtain to that part of your lives on social media um I pretty much talk about everything on social media and he's very open I feel like if he wasn't open to sharing everything our social media presence would be different but you're down to share, I'm down to share, and then when bad things happen, it's like, well, let's just right. tell people right. about it, I guess. Yeah. Um, whether it's me sobbing in the camera and yeah. it being embarrassing or, you know, it's actually really helpful. We found that when we share stuff, people end up sharing their stories with the similar experiences they're going through, yeah. and it helped me heal in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then I'm like, dang, well, if I share, then other people are going to go through the same healing process through hearing my story. So it's been great. It makes me want to share too much. Yeah. I should probably <laughs> stop. <laughs> it is cool. It is cool to see. I remember, uh, um, I forget what it was about or what the specific video was, but something you shared that was personal with, you know, looking at the comments on it on TikTok and like so many people coming through and telling their stories. I mean, that has to be, it's crazy to think about the impact you can have from people on people just from one video. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that every day pretty much. We literally met a girl today at Starbucks and she was like, Oh my gosh, I went and bought Baccarat because of <laughs> And I was like, yes, at least I'm influencing good perfume. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. How many times, if you're in public like a place today, how many times do you get stopped throughout the day? Like, is it like a couple or is it like 20 or is it like how, how crazy can it get? It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. When we're places like this, you know, yeah. it's a lot. I'm, when I'm home in New Orleans, we don't really leave the house like that. New Orleans, are, yeah, they're pretty, pretty respectful people. <laughs> they right? feel like, oh yeah, baby, nice to see you. And you're just like, hey, right. how you doing? <laughs> they like, how, how, like, like Southern hospitality is like, yeah. is is great, and they're like really great. They're really respectful. They're very respectful. They're really respectful. Yeah. yeah. What What are the goals on the content business side? For for you guys is it is it uh, you know what's the next project is it just build the following is it to launch a product is it what, what's the next step for, for both of you uh right now is just to you know keep going i mean i feel like that's just like cliche but you know we just want to affect as many people as we can yeah. in a positive manner and i feel like there's there's always a lot going on especially like um like you were talking about before just like two years ago we had went through a miscarriage and you know just us influencing people to being a positive mindset, yes, we went through this hardship, but in the time of hardship, we're still smiling, we're still putting out, you know, content so people can heal, so people can, you know, because those are not things that people, you know, normally talk about. These are not things people really share, but people share. But if we're sharing it, it's like, dang, like, we went through the same thing, and then, like, they're sharing it, and then we're healing, they're healing, like, everybody is just, like, everybody's getting uh, healed from it. And so that's kind of the biggest thing. We're just trying to affect people in the best way possible. We got a little girl, so we're posting her as much as we can. Yeah. And we're honestly having a lot of people, giving a lot of people hope, giving a lot of people joy. And uh, that's really what we're trying to do. Yeah. 
it, I spoke to the Living Sport group last year and talked to them about content and how in my life, every opportunity I've had in the last couple of years has come from content, always content first. And it encouraged a lot of them that like, if you wanna be in sports, start creating content. Um, and so what's your advice to anyone here in this room, everyone in here wants to work in sports, whatever the role is, whether business side, agency side, whatever, media side, what's your advice on the content side for everyone here? Yeah, you wanna go first? Sure. <laughs> I think be yourself, because if everyone wants to be in sports and post something about sports, right? It's like, you don't wanna just have the same type of stuff that everyone else is having. So like, do what's gonna work best for your style of content, your personality, and just post it. And it's probably not gonna go viral the first time. It's probably gonna take a while, but keep doing the same thing. I always, I have so many friends who are like, wow, I wanted to get on social media too. I'm like, literally do it. I tell everyone to do it and no one listens to me. But everyone who does, they do it for a few months, a video goes viral and it takes off. Cause that's just what happens. And then that's when opportunity comes and it's like, but you can't be like everyone else. Don't go copycat someone, you know, might as well just do you. Yeah, I would say, uh, I would say to one, stay with it. But two, I think that the biggest thing is like, like you said, be yourself. Cause I feel like the one thing people would do is be like, oh, well, I'm trying to do the same thing they're doing. It's just like, you have two people that's doing the same thing. Who are they going to choose? And if you have your own sort of, um, you know, your own little sort of genuine thing, I feel like that's the biggest thing you could have. Because if me and Shannon are doing the same thing, just like, well, what's, what's the difference between these two? Like, what is going to separate you from, you know, somebody doing something different? Like, what is going to separate you from everybody else? Yeah. And so that's kind of the biggest thing. Yeah. On the social media side, do you guys ever, uh, you know, look a lot into the analytics and how many views and likes uh, a post is getting? I, I get, a lot of times when I talk to young content creators or students, everyone gets so worried about, oh, I post a video and it only gets a thousand views or it doesn't do well. And then you get caught up in your own head of like, you know, what are people going to think? Am I good at this? Uh, how, I mean, I'm sure there's been times where like either you have a bad month on Instagram or a bad month or like the video you thought was going to do really well flopped and you're like, oh, I put on all this time. Uh, how do you deal with, with that when that happens? I think Juwan's better at handling that than me. <laughs> I will panic. Oh, no. I just told her to stay, because like I just said, you got to stay with it. Like the thing is, it's just like, you're going to have times where it's just like up and down, up and down, up and down. But as long as that up and down is going like progressively, because the thing is, is like, it's kind of like the stock market. The stock market will go up and down like this, but it's still, like it'll still go up. And the thing is, we might not see it, but at the end of the day, like in the grand scheme of things, it's still going up. Who cares what people think? Like, oh yeah, they're not doing so well. Who cares? Like, I think that's something that people do by mistake is they care a little too much, which that was totally me when I started social media. I cared way too much what people thought and I didn't post stuff because I cared. And I used to like put makeup on for every video and like felt like I had to look good. And now I'm like, how can I look as ugly as possible <laughs> and as wild as possible? Because right. like, honestly, that's what I look like in the morning. So, yeah. so what? Like, you know, but. And that's just you being genuine and true to yourself. Authentic. Like. Yeah. Dang, she's always putting up a face of makeup every time she records. Like, <laughs> people just want to see you just be you, yeah. without like any like facade or anything. In, in the content game, I, I just started thinking too about that. Like, no one's actually thinking about you as much as you think they are, right? right. No one's actually noticing that your videos right. are getting a lot of views. Right. No one cares. They're not sitting there scrolling like, oh my gosh, his, right. video, his last video no, flopped. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so far. Right. Um, Joanne, I wanted to get into your uh, your career with the Saints a little bit more and. Um, you know, what was the moment that you kind of felt like when you're an undrafted free agent, it's tough to make the team, first of all. No doubt. It's tough to earn no a role. Doubt. It's tough to get another contract. No and doubt. You've done it. Like, no doubt. You've established yourself. No doubt. Changed positions. 
What was the moment uh, during your time in New Orleans that you, you kind of felt like it clicked a little bit? Yeah, it was um, my second year when I, well, actually my first year I moved to tight end. Yeah. And um, oh, you are so kind. <laughs> um, it was my first year at tight end, so my second year, and I was actually doing really well um, in, in preseason. And I'm like, man, this is really clicking for me. Like, I'm actually pretty darn good. Like, I always knew I was, but it's just like, it just never, like, things just never worked out. It's just kind of frustrating. And um, things are just working out. And honestly, it was, honestly for me, it was like honestly kind of draining to be performing that good every single day. And I'm like, man, like this is like, I might be all pro this year. <laughs> like, cause it was just like draining to do this like every single day um, against like starters, against all pros. And I'm like, man, like if I can do this, like for all of my career, like this would be really helpful. And so um, that's when it really started clicking. Like my second year, my first year at tight end, like I, I I was like, man, I'm actually pretty good. I didn't really think I was. Was the blocking part hard to, to get used to? I wasn't blocking anybody. Yeah, yeah. My first year, I wasn't blocking anybody. People yeah. were like. You're on the Mike Kosicki treatment. Yeah, man. no doubt. Yeah, I was like 230 pounds. I was blocking guys like Cam Jordan, who was 290. And I'm, he's like, and it's, and it's not even funny. Like, he's like blowing me back, like, from, from here to, to there. And luckily, by the time he blows by me, like, the running back is already, he's already gone. But yeah, I didn't start blocking until, like, year two. I remember what your first year at tight end with the Saints watching you guys on TV and like when you would come in the game I'd be like Juwan's getting the ball oh yeah no doubt no <laughs> doubt pass play. no no and, and Shannon knew and like at some point she was like what's going on like I don't know what's happening like, you're a receiver and now you're a tight end like what's blocking like what's all I that I hate blocking it's yeah. so boring it's not fun no. you want another yeah. ball right right yeah. right so no. uh, yeah how, things things change how are you during games like do you get nervous and when he I, I think I saw you did something talked about him being hurt that one uh, yeah. during a game and going um, through that it's a hit or miss for me. I do stress out a lot during game day, I'm not going to lie. Um, mainly because I want him to stay alive. Um, <laughs> <That'd be cool. laughs> it's just like priority number one, you know. Um, but yeah, health and stuff. And then like, I don't know, I just get scared, to be honest. Yeah. But it's fun. I mean, as long as I have people around me and like my family is there and my friends are there and Dory, um, it's the best. I mean, it's fun. I stress. I, I will yeah. say this. Fellas, I have learned the hard way to communicate with your wife. I, I I realize when I get hurt and I don't respond uh, or, or look, it's like, say if I like went to get an x-ray or something like mid-game, if I don't text her, she's like, well, why do you take me doing the game? I'm like, what? I'm like exactly. she's sitting up there worried. And, and, I, and I'm yeah, not going to lie, I was, I was pretty proud of myself the last time I got hurt. The last time um, I got hurt, he did. I, I, I was like, let me see my phone, text my wife and tell her I'm good. Because she was like, are you okay? I'm stressing. Like, everything was in all caps. I'm like, Shannon, I'm good. And, and clearly, I'm back in the game. Like, I'm, I'm clearly back in the game, but I just text you to let you know. Like, Gotta bring the phone like, I'm, right. yeah. I mean, why didn't you in the first yeah. place, you know? <laughs> if you want to tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I want to ask about the process of picking your agent. Uh, it's a it's one of the biggest decisions you make as a football player. And again, a lot of uh, people in this room want to be in that industry, want to be sports agents or marketing agents or um, work in sports in that area. H how did you evaluate agents when you were coming out and who you wanted to work with and who you wanted to represent you? And ultimately, why did you pick a Vayner? I'm sorry, AJ. I feel like I'm about to blush. <laughs> <laughs> but as, no. as, AJ's, as, as AJ's watching. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, um, honestly, you, you just have a feeling. You have a gut feeling. And... Um, it was really a relationship, and, and when it's when when business is set aside, when you have a relationship with the person and you actually can talk about things other than football, other than work, whatever the case is, I feel like that's the perfect agent for me because honestly, at the time, 
in my life and my career. Um, football was not really on the back burner, but it was, I was almost at a point where I wasn't about to play a year ago. So I just needed somebody to trust me. I needed somebody to have some faith in me. Um, and that's all the things that he did. Um, he, that, that's that's kind of what we were talking about earlier, just having people around you that can instill like some confidence, some faith. But at the end of the day, I can go back and be like, dang, like, all right, I can, I can ride with that and then I can play on my own. And that's something that um, I always took with me. And he was one of the first people to hit me up. I always talk about that first. <laughs> Talking about the first people to hit me up um, when things weren't always great. And so, um, yeah, I stuck with him ever since. Yeah. When did you guys make the decision? You mentioned you hired a manager. When did you make the decision to have, that you needed a manager? Yeah. Was it because you had a ton of inbound coming in? Yeah. Was it because it just got overwhelming? How did you get to that point? Yeah. Um, honestly, things were kicking up a lot. And for Shannon, she was like, well, well, I have so much going on. She didn't know how to you know, negotiate brand deals. Like, we were taking deals out for like $100. And they were just completely <laughs> ripping. They were just ripping us <laughs> off. Bro. And I was like, Shannon, like, something has to change. And a, a lot of stuff was coming in. We didn't know how to necessarily navigate things. Um, and, and I just, you know, talked to AJ, just like, how can we, like, come up with something where, like, me and her, are, we, we have a joint account. Like, how can we make this work? Um, because we didn't want to go outside of the agency and try to pick somebody because it just didn't make sense. It just felt too complicated. And so, like, how could we get somebody in-house to help Shannon and us out? So, um, yeah, that's what we did. And it was literally within a week where we, we got something done. And, you know, Haley was, uh, Haley was in front of us. Yeah, I, I talk a lot of creators that say, like, making that decision that you need support is one of the best decisions you can make. Do you feel the same way? No doubt, definitely. Um, especially for Shannon, like we, like in in some ways we're still learning the the realm, even though we've been in this for four years. Like it's it's always changing. Like things are always changing. I feel like when you have people on your team to update you, to help you, to you know guide you through certain things, because at the end of the day, like we were just having a problem with you know how to post this live event, you know, and things like that. So it's just like, man, how do we? I'm really bad with technology. Like, how how do we I, do this? That's so surprising, really. <laughs> Yes. She's the terrible. TikTok star is bad with technology. <laughs> I take a video and I post it. And that's kind of how I live my life. But the technology side, I'm really bad. So we need uh, to iOS update, she is terrible with. <laughs> she is terrible. What do you edit? You use CapCut to edit? I do. <laughs> I love CapCut. Yeah, it's a great I'm app. I'm like on a good yeah. app. I was yeah. scared I was like behind. No, you want a good app? I'm yeah, it's a great app. Cool, I'm up to date. Yeah. How's, uh, how's the journey of being parents? been for you too. So fun. Yeah. The best. It's nice now because his season's over, so he's home. Yeah. Um, the first, oh my gosh, season was hard because he was like gone all the time. Yeah. So I was basically a single mom, and now I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I think parenthood is probably the second most rewarding thing be, be, be behind being married. But it's the second most rewarding thing. It's, it's so good being a parent. Like knowing that your kid is just growing, at a at a rapid pace but also knowing yeah. that you're there and they're smiling at things and they're learning to do things and she's like trying to learn how to crawl and they're like and she she's trying to get her to say mama first and i'm just sitting there like she's gonna say dad that first like, she will because it's easier not because i'm not worried her. i'm not worried but um it's just so fun man it's fun being yeah. a parent yeah no it's got to be cool have you you, you talked we we're talking backstage about the people love to see your daughter in the content. As, have you seen that your content with her does a lot better than, than other content? People love it. Yeah. And I'm glad they yeah. do because I love her. I'm trying to show her <laughs> off too. It's the best. I yeah. mean, I have something I'm so proud of. Yeah. Might as well yeah. share her with the yeah. world. Yeah. Obviously, people have their differing opinions about that. And, you know, 
safety and whatever, but I'm like, I share every other part of my life. I might as well share this part too. And it's the biggest part of our life now, so. Yeah. And I see why like some people may not want to show their children. I get that. But the thing is, what we went through to show the blessing that we have, why would we hide it? And so that's what we just wanted to show her off. My favorite content that you post is the bit with like when my NFL husband's home from work and you're like giving him the massages <laughs> and like, you know, like making right. fun of what people think an NFL wife is. Where did exactly. that concept come from? Like, why did you start doing that? Because you do it a decent amount. Yeah. And they're always, and people, sometimes people think they're serious too, right? Oh my gosh. People, <laughs> that's the best Well, part. I take it on so many different routes. Like sometimes I go the I cater to him thing yeah. and then sometimes I go with the he caters to me thing. Yeah. So like, I think people are simply confused. Yeah, no doubt. Um, as they should be, that's the goal. Um, <laughs> but like- Confusion means an agreement. Yeah. It's just funny, like we're joking and that's the point. It's all jokes, right? Yeah. Cause like, originally when we started TikTok, I used to care so much, like I said before, about what people thought. Mm -hmm. And I had a job at the time and he was on the practice squad and yeah. we had just moved to New Orleans and Everyone on the comment section was like, oh my gosh, he's such a loser. Like, she's an NFL wife, she doesn't work, and he mooches off of him, and like all this stuff. And I'm just like, dang, like, ouch. Like, tell you what, there was nothing to mooch off. Yeah, squad. Exactly. <laughs> right. yeah, so I'm like, it's whatever. But, okay. I mean, active roster. No, 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 no lie. It's, it's a blessing, but it was tough. <laughs> it was tough. We definitely were struggling, but I was really butthurt by that because I was like, dang, people think that I'm a bad person. And that was such a bad thing that I was going through a lot that I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna start joking about it. Yeah. So that's how like the first type of content that started going really viral for us started was me pretending that I was like catering to him so aggressively. Because yeah. um, I'm an NFL wife and I'm like gonna cook every meal for him and like all this stuff. Because yeah. um, that's what people are saying, they're like, oh my gosh, all she does is cook. <laughs> And clean for him. I'm like, Cleans you don't up. even know what I do. First of all, I order DoorDash every day. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, that's how it started because I cared too much. Yeah, it was good. You, she, she did a really good job with like the bad comments that she got. She played off of it by doing a video off of it. Yeah. So saying like, oh my God, you are, uh, you don't do anything at home. And Great. then she, here she is at home doing nothing at home. Like she's just sitting there like playing a bit like about it. She's playing a bit about yeah, it. I think calling. that's kind of like yeah. using it as humor, as like a little yeah. bit of satire. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask and dive into your new contract you just signed. Uh, and again, as you know, everyone here wants to be in sports. Give us the behind the scenes of how that happens, the, con the contract negotiations, yeah. when you get approached, yeah. what are the conversations like that your agent's having uh, to it ultimately getting signed? Yeah. Uh, well, you know what's coming up. Like, you know, after the season, just like, all right, well, yeah. it is Let's what talk. it is. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and, you know, you talk to your agent, you know, me and AJ, we kept in contact quite a bit, but it's really hard to you know, talk about the contract when you don't know what's going to happen. And so um, really start stuff starts when, you know, free agency stuff starts, like right after combine, like all that, all that other stuff, all that good stuff. And that's when the conversations really start. And so, you know, conversation started, you know, and then they offer a contract. You're like, oh, you offer me a contract. All right, cool. So then you offer a contract and you counter it and then it kind of goes on for a couple of days. And that, that's really how it goes. I mean, it can go on longer, but, um, you know, we settled on something great. Shout out to AJ. We did something, you know, great, man. And that's something that I, I had no intentions that we were going to be doing. Like we had, we, we thought we were going to get something lower than what we thought. And it actually ended up being a lot greater. Was there a big celebration when that was signed? We had a delectable dinner. And we got the nicest wine. Where did we go? <laughs> Where did we, what did we do? I don't know. Oh, we went to Doris, Metropolitan in New Orleans. Shout out. Um, we were like, we're going to go get a nice wine in Doris. <laughs> I don't remember that, but yeah. We did do that. Yeah. I remember, trust me. <laughs>
we're, we're, I mean, it's got to be a cool feeling when you actually sign that, that second contract because, again, all you've been through from being at Penn State and thinking you wanted to quit football to you know, getting hurt at Oregon to all the ups and downs. So now you get to that point where everyone talks about that, getting to that contract in the NFL, and you finally got there. Yeah, it feels great. Uh, it definitely does because I know um, being NFL, a lot of people don't stay there that long. I mean, well, I don't know what the average career is, like 2.5 two and a half years, something like that. And now I'm going into my fifth year. And so um, it's definitely a blessing, man. I, and I don't take it for granted one bit. And um, I, I would say, yeah, I'm content in some way, but in some ways, like, there, there's still a lot of hunger that I have that I want more. I mean, yeah, you ain't get to your second contract, but I'm about to soon have my second contract and my third contract, fourth one. And she wants me to, you say, all right, when you get to year 10, can we stop? And I'm like, <laughs> I'll stop when the body stops. So um, yeah, we'll see. The good thing about tight end, I feel like it's a position where you can stay on for a long oh, time. Yeah, you no guys play for a minute. Well, tight I mean, end. I had Jimmy Graham on my team. He's yeah. 37. I mean, I'm not saying. And that's his goal now. He's like, 37. I'm go that is not my goal. <laughs> I promise you, that is not my goal. Uh, he, he, yeah, yeah. He's a great guy, but he, he practices on, he skips Wednesday, he practices two days a week, and he goes out there Sundays and scores touchdowns. That's, he's on the veteran treatment? I like that. That's, that's not a bad gig there. As long as you don't have to practice when you're 35. No doubt. Yeah, that'd no be the doubt. worst. No that'd doubt. Be worst. I, might be, I might be done. If I'm hanging on by a string, just tell me. All right. What do you want to do when you're, when you're done playing football? You know yet? Yeah. Um, in some cases, I, I do want to you know, take a back seat and you know, fully support her and what she wants to do because she is – in a way, um, giving up her, her life to, and sacrifice of mine. It's like we are living in New Orleans because of my job. And so afterwards, don't know where we're gonna live. We're still up in the air about it. Tell me why she wants to live in Mobile, Alabama. She wants to Is live in Mobile, Alabama. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I want to live in a small town where I can go to the grocery store and it's like the same person that works there and they like say hi and it's like, one little coffee shop, like I just want that life so bad. Has anybody seen like The Heart of Dixie? That's like my favorite. <laughs> she show. freaking watches that every uh, training camp. Oh like, yeah, come I, home. that's my August show. I have a month a show for each month, but that's August. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, we ain't living in Alabama. I promise you that. I but yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, you know, but definitely taking like more of a, a backseat role, but definitely doing content. We'll be full fledged on content, and I think when we we discuss it, when I'm older, I would love to work at a high school being an athletic director. I would love that. That's sweet. I would love being that. Being AD. I would love being AD. Not, not a coach. AD. Definitely Specifically not a coach. AD. No. You don't want to be coaching. Definitely don't want to be coaching. <laughs> I want to be talking about the coach. I don't want to be the coach. You want to hire the coach. I want to hire the coach. the coach. Definitely. Um, I want to ask both of you about what you're doing, what you're doing from an investment standpoint, right? You got, you just signed a second contract. You're making money on social media. Um, it's also a big trend in the NFL nowadays. I had a bunch of guys on my show today at Radio Row, and they're all talking about investments and what they want to do. That's like the hot new thing, right? Uh, what do you guys do with your money? Are you are you investing in things? Are you saving it? We just put in an investment account. We don't do anything sexy with our money yet. Um, and I just think that comes with us just being, you know, being chill with it. You know, we don't want to get ourselves in something that we don't necessarily feel comfortable with. And that's something that you know we talked about before. We always talked about wanting to get a, you know, Airbnb and all that kind of things, but we would love to do real estate investing at some point. But right now, it's just we we just want to you just want to chill. I mean, I feel like our our lives are just so fast paced that we never get a chance to really slow down. And every time we do, we're like chilling with our our little girl. So yeah, yeah. looking back on the journey, okay, the journey that we've talked about, Penn State to Oregon to New Orleans to the social media, 
for each of you, what's one lesson when you think about it that you learned throughout the ups and the downs and now to get to this point where you're both crushing it in your careers? Yeah, okay, I'll go first. Um, uh, I, I, try, I try to focus less on the naysayers on the outside and more about what I got because I know who I am. Um, I know what I can do. I know the things and the heights that I can reach. And, and the more I focus on what somebody else has to say, the more I'm going to think about it. Because inherently, we always think about, oh, damn, I, I wonder what they're thinking. I wonder what they're doing. And the more I, uh, the more I look left and right, like it's hard for somebody to, to, to go forward. Like how hard is it for me to, you know, run as fast as I can looking sideways? It's, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. So it, it, imagine like me just staying focused on, you know, what I have to do, the goal, the mark. And um, I, won't, I won't have to worry about what anybody has to say. Honestly, I'm kind of the same. Like I said before, I cared way too much what people thought, and it stopped me from doing a lot of things that really worked for me in what I do. And so, like, just not care. Post what I want to post when I want to post it, and care less. I like to end every podcast with this, and then we'll open up the questions from everyone here. What's your why for each of you? What's the reason that you do what you do, that you grind through the adversity, that you, that you take on all the social media content, being a mother, supporting Jawan? What, what's the reason you each do what you do? Uh, my, why, my, my why is, is pretty simple. My why is Jesus. And um, I think f- for me, if, if I'm following my mark with him, then everything falls into place. Yeah. Like my marriage falls in place, me being a father uh, falls in place, me being a leader me speaking, all these things fall in place because I'm under one uh, kingdom. And so um, it, it, I, I, would, I would try to say something more, but it's just like, it's very simple for me. And so if I try to do anything that's outside of that, things fall apart. Yeah. And that's more of why I felt like I let so many things um, get in my way before. And I think a lot of that changed when I got the organs because I just let things just let go. I, I, I stripped all the stress off of me. I stripped all the doubt and all the expectation. I just let, I just played free and, yeah. and did my life free to where um, it's, I'm honoring him more than anybody else. Yeah. We obviously have the same why. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like our perspective changes so much in that aspect. So like with that in mind, now we don't really reach for things and like look beyond, like if something's not for us, it's not for us. It's something is ours it's already ours so like we're not going to sit here and and be pressed too much about things that we're not getting or we have goals that we're really excited about them but keeping ourselves level-headed is is what works for us that's awesome well it was fun catching up with both of you it's it's just crazy to think about i remember when you guys met at penn state (laughs) (laughs) in what year it was a long time ago to now being here and all your both of your success uh it's been fun to watch and i appreciate you guys taking the time and now we open up some questions Cool. Absolutely. That wasn't too hard, right? That, that was, was that was fun. Hi guys. Um, we so glad to have you guys here. I'm Berkeley Mezzanotti, UCF sideline reporter, Orlando, Florida. Um so I'll ask you, Shannon. So a lot of girls have this fantasy that being, you know, an NFL wife or Beyonce is just a fantasy, but can you tell us what the misconceptions are of being an NFL wife and how you dispel them? Yeah, I think everyone has this thing that they think we're all the same where you know we're obviously using our husbands and uh life's really easy and we have no problems and you know um there's obviously a lot of similarities every similarity is the same every wife has the same experiences um I think people just think that everything's very glamorous 
And that's just not what it is. I mean, it's an amazing life and there's cool perks and like we have so much fun. Um, but it's just the same as everyone else. And I mean, we met before the NFL and all that, so. Yeah, we met before um, anything. You was driving Uber, trying to <laughs> make enough money to fly to Oregon. Wait, you, you were driving Uber? Oh, yeah. Driving Uber. <laughs> yes, I would literally drive Uber until I got enough money to get a flight to go see him in Oregon. <laughs> yeah, we were struggling for real. Oh, yeah. It was Struggle. worth it. Adam, Shannon, Joan, I want to thank the three of you for being so selfless with your time, just to pour into us and give us insight about what it looks like to be in the industry. My name is Bon Crane. I'm from Seattle, Washington, uh, and I'm an up-and-coming sports sales professional. I want to know, what are the three of you most passionate about? Mm. Yeah, um, I, I am I am passionate about serving. Um, I love Clearly, I love serving, um, but I love serving like you guys, like giving information. I feel like that's the most important thing because there's going to come a time where um, I'm not going to be anymore and a lot of people are going to be here and I want to leave a lasting impact that surpasses me. An impact that, that people get to hold and be like, dang, like that's what he said. That's what I get to carry on for a long time. And that goes to your kids and that goes to your kids' kids. And I don't even want it to be about me. I just want it to be about that specific word that I've given you. Um, I love serving my wife. Uh, I love serving my kid. Um, I just love serving like people. And I think that's one of the things I, I love doing. For me, I like to encourage people. Uh, I feel like that's my number one goal on social media. Um, obviously, just in the world we're in, it's really hard. But we, we do our best to do that. And that's my favorite thing. I just love to encourage people to do what they want to do with their lives and roll with it like who cares what people think I know I keep saying that but I feel like that was such a thing for me that I really struggled with was caring too much so be encouraged be yourself and it honestly is the only thing that's going to work for you yeah it's a great question I, I'd, I'd say that my passion is really showing people that you can overcome adversity and have bad things happen in your life and come out on the other side I think everyone everyone that's been successful in life has been through some some stuff I mean I went through it myself Joanne went through it I mean I was I was a five-star recruit, was number one player in the country, and then never played at Penn State. You know, got hurt, transferred to UMass, thought I was going to the NFL, retired before the NFL. And now in this media career, one of the reasons I think I work so hard is to show people that, you know, I, you can build a career and come and, and get through adversity uh, and, uh, and, and come out on the other side despite everything that's happened to you. And then we talked about not caring what people think. You know, that is, I try to listen I try to block out everything because if you listen when people are saying really good things about you, you also listen when people say bad things about you. If you can just stay level-headed through it all, um, you can get through anything. And that, that's really my passion is to show people that, that adversity doesn't stop you. And it really, I've seen in my life, a lot of times the best things that happen to me came right after the worst things happened. Um, my name is Savannah Sykes. I just graduated from Oklahoma State University. Um, and my question is, as a couple... What's your guys' biggest challenge, like dealing with the social media, dealing with the NFL, and being followers of Christ? That's a great question. That's a really good question. Um, I think the toughest thing, one, as a couple, being in this, honestly, being in the public eye, was uh, was was trying to handle people telling us who we were, mm. and you know, people telling us like, oh, like he isn't, you know, he isn't faithful, or you know, he's just. 
you know, he's just whitewashed or talking about her, talking about how like, she's like she's a gold digger or whatever the case is. And we can get and we can get so caught up in the names and we can get so caught up in like the earthly things. But when you know your identity and we already knew our identities and sometimes we need help with that. Like we're humans, too, and we're, and we're in the flesh a lot. And so when we understand, we have to tell like Shan, like, it's all right. Like, you know where your he identity is. He has to help is. me more with that than I have to help him. Yeah. It's something I struggle with. And more. I'm like, Shan, you know your identity. You know who you are. You know who you belong to. And I think that's more so of telling her and affirming her that, look, you, it doesn't matter what anybody says. You know who you are. And I think that was the biggest thing because you're because not probably probably later on today, she's probably going to get something else. Like, oh, yeah, her, her makeup's messed up. Like, some, <laughs> like something like somebody always has something to say. And you have to know where identity is and who you are. I love that. He's always motivating me. <laughs> Thank you uh, for coming out today. Greatly appreciated. Uh, I feel like everybody had a lot of takeaways from today. My name is Matt Bardis. I'm from Greensburg, Pennsylvania. And I just wanted to ask about mentorship. Uh, Juwan, you've learned from a great player like Jimmy Graham. Yeah. How do you use the kind of stuff that he taught you to teach it to younger players, such as rookies as they're entering the league and people who you think need the help? Yeah, um, yeah, just Jimmy and even AB, like, just leadership. Like, I was with him when I was a freshman. Like, I was, like, and the thing is, is, like, you struggle. People, like, yeah, we were struggling. <laughs> it, was, it was tough. But people don't know, like, the impact that they have. Like, just like we talked about, he was, you know, a number one recruit. You know, he – don't lie. He was eating up your, your freshman year. Yeah, one year. Like, he, he was eating up. He, <laughs> he, he, he played a year. But the thing is, is, like, to know that you've been through that much. And I remember seeing, like, a picture – where it said, like, uh, he was, um, you know, scout team player of the week. I remember that, and that whole picture blew up. But the thing is, like, for, for A.B. to go through all of that, go through all the injuries, and to see that, like, as a younger person, he's like, dang, like, that's the kind of determination you have to have. And, like, even with guys like Jimmy, you got to take information like that, like, information, all the information that he has. Yeah, you have to take it with a grain of salt. You got to eat the meat, spit out the bone. But at the end of the day, like, you have to take up so much information from older guys because you don't know everything. And that's the one thing I try to try to not do. Yes, I try not to know everything. Because I know I'd be with her. I'd be like, I know, I know. But the thing is, like, you don't know everything. And so once you try to become a sponge around people, like, even around your peers, like, you're going you're, you're gonna, to you're gonna benefit from it. What was it like playing with Drew Brees? Mm. What's he like? Drew Brees. Um, Drew Brees was probably one of the most dedicated, um, selfless, uh, I don't even know any more adjectives because the thing is, is like he possesses so many because the thing is, is like he would show up to work. Um, we started team meetings at nine. Uh, Drew would show up at six, show up at six, watch film until probably like seven thirty eight. take a nap, take a little, take a little nap, wake up, eat. Then we'll have team meeting at nine. Then he'll stay at the practice because practice was done around, uh, I want to say five meetings were done around like five. And he would watch, like, I would leave. And I'm like, bro, bro, it's still here. I'm like, why is he leaving? I was a later guy. Like, I would get in the tubs or whatever. And he was still there. And he was there maybe until, like, maybe six. Well, I didn't know because I left. But I'm sure he was there for even longer than what everybody else was there for. But that just shows the determination that he had aside from, you know, he has his family. He has his kids and all that. But he took his job very seriously, man. That's one thing they did. I mean, he's a tremendous dad. I mean, you can see it. Like, the kids love him. His wife loves him. But... Him as a player was nothing I've ever seen before. I know for a fact he stayed so much later than six. 
Well, hey, honey, you, see? <laughs> you see, it's so late. And I know one time there was like a hurricane. <laughs> and he literally you went stayed? to the facility, it's a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, it was because everyone was like, is everyone safe? Is everyone home? And Brittany was like, well, Drew's watching film at the facility, so he's going to stay there. Yeah. <laughs> he stayed there through the little hurricane. Man, he's, he's, I've, I'm not going to lie, I've never seen anything like it. I haven't seen one player like Drew since I left. Well, since he left. It's got to be crazy to go in there as a rookie, right? Yeah. And Drew Brees is the quarterback. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> like it's Drew different. Drew Brees is throwing me the ball. It's different. And, and he has great memory. I remember it was, um, it was my first game actually playing. And I ran a route. He was like, I'm going to get back to you. Um, I'm going to get back to you later. This, like the same play... The last game of the season. This is like 12 weeks later. And he threw me the ball. He was like, you remember when I said I was going to throw you that ball? I'm like, bro, I don't even remember that. Like, what are you talking about? I don't remember that. But the thing is, he's so intentional. Like, yeah. he's so intentional. He's such a great guy. And um, every time I see him, I always show him love. But, man, he he is the epitome of uh, a GOAT. Like, he yeah. is the GOAT. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Dang. That was dope.